You're listening to a podcast from Gateway Baptist Church, leading people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. If you'd like to join us or find out more, visit gatewaybaptist.com.au. Thank you, Bradley, and thank you, everyone. Welcome to church today. Great to be able to worship with you on this uh, hot and wet Sunday. A little bit different today than yesterday. A huge uh, welcome to those joining online as well. It's great to have you wherever you're joining uh, us from around the world, whether it's hot and wet or cold and sunny. It's great to have you with us as well. Uh, welcome. Really great to, uh, to be here with you today and uh, really looking forward to next Sunday as well. I want to encourage you, as Brad said, to uh, make sure that you're here next Sunday, rain, hail or shine, as we kick off uh, our vision uh, for the, uh, the year and our new series for the term. Next week, Vision Sunday is always a significant day for us in our church calendar and it's going to be great to hear from, uh, from Jason as he comes to share what uh, we, we have on our hearts as a church uh, for God to do amongst us. We're going to talk a little bit more about our 21 days of prayer that's going to come in February, and it's going to be a really great Sunday. You will not want to miss being part of Vision Sunday next week. But that is all next week. We're here in the, in the now, so let's jump into a message today, and we're concluding our summer series Today And the inspiration for this message has uh, been uh, one of the enduring images of my summer, and that's how green everything is. Have you noticed it? You notice it here in Brisbane, everything is so green. It's so alive. It's so growing. It's amazing. It's vibrant. The, the, the trees, the grass, sadly, even the weeds have just taken off over the summer. Uh, I first really noticed this when we went to Toowoomba. Uh, on Boxing Day for our annual Lucas family Christmas. My family live up in Toowoomba, and so usually it's a bit of a dry and brown and dusty drive up to Toowoomba, but this year it was incredibly lush and green and growing. Everything felt like it was alive. And it's true around the neighbourhood as well. You, I'm sure you've noticed it uh, in your yard that uh, the grass is growing almost faster than you can cut it, Right? It seems to be a competition in our street to not be the last one to let your grass be really high. Uh, the neighbours the other day had uh, someone come over with a big ride-on mower and did it all for them. Lazy blighters. But uh, it was just extraordinary. Extraordinary to see how quick things are growing. But I noticed that most when I headed up the Sunshine Coast a couple of weeks ago. Like everywhere, it's lush and green and growing. And uh, there's a photo of, uh, not a photo that I took, but a photo of the, uh, the Glasshouse Mountains on the way up. It's always a, a, a nice green drive. But earlier in the month, I picked up these sunglasses. Laurie picked them out. I wouldn't have chosen the, uh, the mirrored frame kind of thing, but I think she likes checking her beach hair, uh, having a mirror at the beach. And so I, uh, I've, I'm wearing these glasses, which are they're cool. I, mean, I probably wouldn't have chosen them, but happy wife, happy life, right? But the amazing thing that these glasses do is that they've got like a, a treatment on the lens that filters the light and gives me just a completely different contrast to what I'd normally see. And so I'm driving up the sunny coast and with these glasses on, it looks like everything is kind of highlighted even more. This is a little bit what it looks like when I'm driving up. It's greener than everything else. You can compare the pair if you sort of 
have the glasses on and off, sorry, off and then on, it's been amazing to just see everything burst out in this vibrant, almost fluorescent green. It's been absolutely incredible and, and uh, it's been really noticeable how alive and how green and how everything is growing. With all the rain and the sun that we've had here over the summer, there's no surprises that things look so green, that everything is growing so quickly and that everything's so alive. But today I want to take a look at this sort of growth through a different lens. I want to ask you, what would it look like if our walk with God was just as alive and green and vibrant as the trees around us? What if our faith was growing like the grass in our neighborhood? What if our relationship with Jesus was as vibrant as the greenery that we'd seen all summer? And so today we're going to look at growth from a spiritual perspective. And as I put this uh, message together, I've titled it, God's Guide to Growing Great Gardens. If uh, Jason, you happen to be seeing this at some point, that's five G's in one sentence. (laughs) I could have gone great green gardens, but I thought that was a bit too much. But today we're going to explore Psalm 1 for this guidance. And uh, I've got some innovation for you this week as well. Not just 5G's, but uh, something that you can access with 5G. Oh, I can't believe I said that. I just, that came to my brain. Uh, I want to invite you to get your phone out right now and scan the QR code in front of you. Now, uh, if, you, if you don't know how to do that, open the, uh, open the camera app on your phone and scan that QR code in front of you, and it'll take you to a link. You can do that online as well. It'll take you to a link with a menu option, which uh, looks a little bit, my Wi-Fi is not working, it looks a little bit like this. No, everybody's trying to jump on at once, so it's not loading. But it's got uh, a whole range of options, and at the top, uh, it says today's sermon notes. So what you can do is you can uh, click on that link, and you can, uh, you can download on your phone, a, uh, a, it's kind of like a fillable PDF, and you can actually fill in uh, the, the gaps, fill in your notes as you go. It looks a little bit like this. Uh, you can fill in the gaps as you go, and on the second page, there's a, uh, a space for additional notes as well. Now, our tech gurus have, uh, have figured out how to do this. It's not something that we're going to do all the time. Just going to trial it today. Really keen to hear your feedback. And a word of warning, don't push the submit button up the top because I don't know what happens to it when you do that, all right? But you can take a screenshot of it. You can actually export it or save it as a PDF if you know how to do that on your phone so that you can refer to it later. But just as a way to kind of engage with today's message and follow along, feel free to take advantage of, uh, of doing that uh, today. But I've just lost everyone who doesn't know how to use a QR code, which is fine, but let's all come back together and open God's Word. Now, if you have got a phone today, you could use your Bible app and jump to Psalm 1, which is where we're going to be. Or if you're a little bit old school like me, I do like a good old paper Bible. So I want to encourage you, whichever the way you prefer reading God's Word, open it now to Psalm 1, and, uh, and let's see what God has to say about growing great gardens. Psalm 1, blessed is the one who does, does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do 
prosperous. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. This psalm is the first of 150 psalms. It would have been well-loved and well-known by the ancient Jewish people. And it was, written with one of the, it was written to address one of the biggest choices in life. Do you follow God or do you not? Obviously, this psalm was written before the time of Jesus. So God's people in that time only had the law to follow. And the psalmist describes the life of one who chooses to follow God's law. It says they're going to be blessed that they are watched over by the Lord, that, that they are part of the assembly of the righteous at the day of judgment. Yet for those who choose to rebel against the Lord, to not follow his laws or walk in his ways, their path leads to destruction. And just as the ancient Israelites had a, a big choice to follow whether in God's ways or not, on this side of the cross, our big choice is do we follow Jesus or do we choose not to? And so through the lens of the cross, this wisdom in this psalm applies to those who choose to follow Jesus. And within this psalm, there's a, there's a picture of what it looks like to be a, a healthy follower of Jesus, someone who follows God. There's a clear image of what it looks like to have an alive, growing, and vibrant faith. And it's in this image we discover God's guidance to growing great gardens. In verse 3, the psalmist compares one who trusts God and follows him to be like a tree. And as the psalmist is speaking to a, a community of people who are all these symbolic trees, we can consider the, the key qualities expressed in this image to be God's guidance to growing great gardens. Or what it looks like to be a healthy Christian whose faith is alive and vibrant and growing. There's four characteristics in this image in, uh, in verse 3. So let's look at the first one. We're going to go through this, uh, this image in Psalm chapter 1, verse 3, little bit by little bit. And the psalmist begins by saying that this person who follows God is like a tree planted. So a healthy Christian is, is someone who is purposefully planted. I want to ask a quick poll in the room and online today. If this is you, give us a thumbs up if you're watching online or stick your hand up here in the room if this is you. Who here has done a little bit of weeding this summer? Who's done a bit of weeding in their yard? Not all of you, okay, a few of you. That's cool, that's good. I'm sure a bunch of you online have as well. But at the moment, I'm not sure if you're finding this, but the weeds are somewhat easy to pull out. Because they don't seem to go very deep. The roots haven't gotten too deep, as long as you've been keeping up the weeding through the year. The, the, the new weeds, they don't have much uh, root system to them. The ground is really wet. And so these weeds, they're not planted on purpose. Their roots aren't too deep. And so it's not that hard to pull them out. I find myself getting distracted by weeding. My son will want to play cricket in the backyard and he'll be bowling and I'll be batting and suddenly I'll notice a weed. And I'll go and just put the bat down and go and start pulling the weed out. And Saxon gets really annoyed at it because he just wants to play cricket, doesn't care about the garden. But I find myself pulling those weeds out left, right and centre. And at the moment, it's pretty easy to do. It's not that hard to pull them out. But last year, I wanted to remove some of the hedges in the front of our yard. And these hedges had 
been planted on purpose. I'd planted them as saplings and I'd taken care of them and they'd had a few years to lay down their roots. And they were super difficult to remove. Oh, I used a shovel, I used a pick, I almost called in heavy machinery. And at the end of the day, these hedges needed two grown men to push and to pull and to shove and then rip them out of the earth because they were so deeply and purposefully planted. See, if we want our faith to be alive, if, if we want to be growing in God, if we want to have a vibrant relationship with Jesus, we need to be purposely planted. We need to be established deep in the presence of God. You know, we need to be part of this community. We need to be sown into the soil of community to let our roots grow deep. Let me ask you another question here this morning. Hands up if you, or thumbs up online, if you have just started coming along to Gateway in the last year, in the last 12 months or so, just shoot your hand up or give us a thumbs up. Can we give these guys a huge round of applause? It's so good to have you here. It's so good to have you joining us online. And I love that you are being purposefully planted. But this is a little seed. I think it's a mung bean seed. It's a tiny little seed, but it's not going not gonna to find any growth if it's not purposefully planted. It's put down in good soil. It's given space and time to put its roots deep and taken care of as it grows. I want to encourage you to be purposefully planted in God's community. Whether you're here for the first time, whether you're here for the hundredth time, be planted. Not just showing up when you feel like it, not just turning up to church if there's nothing better to do, but make a solid commitment to be part of God's family, to be part of the community, to be planted in his church. You know, and when you're here on a Sunday, don't just come and go, breeze in and breeze out, but get connected, stay around, get to know some of the other people that you are planted alongside. I know that it's sometimes difficult in a large church to make some of those connections, and we're trying to work on, on making it even easier. That's why we've got a connect team who would love to connect with you, give you a gift and uh, if, it's here, if it's your first time here today, it's why we have our Newcomer's Lunch. And as Brad said, Newcomer's Lunch is on straight after the service. Whether you're registered or not, come along and be part of it. Meet some of the team and meet some other people. And it's why we have life groups. These life groups, these small groups are really important places to be purposefully planted. They're rich soil in which to put your roots down connecting with a few other people on a deeper level, opening God's words together, praying for one another, being that support and encouragement to one another. I really want to encourage you to explore being part of a life group this year. And one of the ways you can do that is that next Sunday, after Vision Sunday, straight after the service, we're going to create a space and have an event where if you are wanting to join a life group, you can come along, meet some other people at a similar stage of life, a similar uh, demogra demographic or region uh, that you might live uh, in and connect with them to kick off a life group. And these next uh, 10 weeks or so through the rest of the term are gonna be a great time to be in a life group because we're gonna do a journey together looking at the vision for the year. We've got great life group resources. We've got great resources to help you on that journey. So I really want to encourage you to connect in, to be purposefully planted, not just here in this community on a Sunday, but part of a life group community as well. 
Or, or maybe you're actually here today and you are still working things out with Jesus. You actually haven't got an established faith in Him yet. If that's you, I wanna encourage you that Alpha will be a fantastic place to start. You heard Brad talk about it before. It's a great place to explore uh, faith, explore what it means, ask your questions and to discover who Jesus is. But for us to be formed in a great and growing tree and together to be part of a great garden, we need firstly to be purposely planted. But that's only the first step. The psalmist begin, or begins by talking about being planted, but then adds to this picture, this image of the tree. He says that person is like a tree planted by streams of water. And so the healthy Christian is not only purposely planted, but they are also well watered. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of well watered that those at the cricket yesterday in record temperatures might have been indulging in as they watch the Ashes, uh, not Ashes, as they watch the Aussies uh, try and win the cricket. We're Baptists here and we don't engage in that sort of stuff. But the reality is the metaphor of water is used throughout Scripture. It's frequently used to, uh, to almost always resemble life and health. The Garden of Eden was established between two great rivers. And the great city that's pictured in Revelation has a river of life running straight through the center. Jesus declares about himself that whoever would follow him would have streams of living water flowing from within. See, this picture of streams of water flowing by this tree, it indicates health and life. It indicates regular nourishment and healthy sustenance. Last year, my youngest daughter, Quinn, came home in term four with a cup and some soil in it. And she'd been given a, uh, a little plant to start taking care of. In the class, they were learning about how things grow and what the environment's like. And they had a little seed, like you just saw, a little seed planted in some soil. And their job was to take care of it, to water it, to nourish it, to see if it would grow. Now, Queenie didn't even know what type of seed it was. I think she was convinced that it might be corn. None of us knew what would happen. But being the diligent little girl that she is, every day she would get out there and start watering this seed. Every day she would pour water on it, whether through a watering can or through the hose, and she'd leave it in the sun. And after a little while, it actually started to sprout. And it started to grow, so much so that we had to move it out of the little cup and into a bigger space for it to have room to grow. But every day, Quinny was out there watering it, even on days when it was pouring with rain, because she was still learning how all that worked. But she would pour the water on this plant and over time, it grew, and it didn't just become a sprout, it grew into a beautiful sunflower. And so now she's got this sunflower that she has been continuing to nourish every day. It's been incredibly well watered. And if we're to be healthy followers of Jesus, we too need regular nourishment. We need to water the seed of faith that's been purposefully planted. If you want your walk with God to be as healthy and as vibrant as it could be, then simply attending church once a week will not be enough. I hate to break that to you. But coming along on a Sunday is really important. Being part of God's family, worshiping together, being on mission as a community, it's incredibly important. And I don't want to downplay it at all. It was my first point, if you can't remember. 
It's important to be plugged in and planted in a community. But if you're just trying to nourish the seed of your faith once a week, that's not enough. And no, no other plant is gonna survive if it only gets nourishment once a week. If you're here at church on a Sunday, maybe you've got two hours that you give to God to, to, to tune into what He is saying. But what are the other six days? What are the other 166 hours in the course of a week? Your faith needs more regular nourishment than just being here on a Sunday. To be a healthy Christian, you need to be well watered. And we read it earlier in the psalm. It says in uh, verses one and two, it says, blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his Lord day and night. Literally, who meditates on his law every day. We need to find ways to water the seed of faith in our lives, to nourish our faith every single day. And there are plenty of ways that you can do this. I wanna encourage you, find an approach that works for you and do it often. For me, I actually get a bit bored doing the same thing over and over. I find I need to mix it up. And so to start the year off, I've decided to begin journaling through the Bible. For Christmas, I got myself a, a collection of the New Testament in volumes like this. This is actually the book of Matthew. And each, uh, each one of these books is a book of the Bible. It's got scripture on one side and space to write and reflect on the other. Now, I'm not much of a journaler. I journaled back when I was 20-something, and I haven't done it much since. But I just felt I needed something fresh. I needed something new. And so each morning, I'm spending 20, 30 minutes just reading God's Word, reflecting on it, praying, and then writing some, uh, some reflections and some thoughts. And it's just been so incredibly profound and helpful for me. I'm loving it. I'm probably gonna get bored of it by the end of the term and next term I'll need something different, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Maybe journaling's not your thing. Maybe you could water your faith by walking and praying around your neighborhood. Oh, I know that some people are starting the year by uh, choosing just to listen to the Bible every time they're in the car. I know others who are making a commitment just to have worship music piping through their house for the whole day. There are others who are meeting up with a friend just to read the Bible and pray together. Whatever works for you, find the way that you connect with God and do it often. Find a way for God to speak his truth into your life each and every day. Make sure that your faith is being nourished, that you are being well watered. Because God is gonna grow something great in your life. So a healthy Christian is purposefully planted is well watered, and thirdly, is faithfully fruitful. Let's read how the psalmist continues to describe this person who walks in God's ways. It says, this person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Like a healthy tree, the healthy Christian produces fruit in their life and fruit in abundance. For a number of years, Laurie and I worked and lived in a ranch on the east end of Long Island in New York. This ranch was a, a working farm and a, a Christian ministry. It was created as a, a safe haven for at-risk kids, a place where these kids could find a, a safe place to live, gain some education for life, and a place where they could learn to appreciate the outdoors. There were kids of all ages from 12 to 25 who would uh, come and live on site on this ranch, and Lauren and I got involved in their lives. We were house parents to a bunch of 20-somethings, uh, of 
And uh, during the day, I worked in the organization as well. And the couple who had set this ranch up 40 years ago were some of the most loving Christian people that you could ever meet. And one of the donations that they received uh, at the start, at the establishment of this ranch 40 years ago, was a grove full of apple trees. And uh, the apple had become, over the 40 years, had become such an important image and uh, an icon and picture of what they were doing at the ranch that it actually became part of their logo. And the, the matriarch of the whole thing, a beautiful lady by the name of Fern, her favorite saying to describe the ministry that God had for her to minister to at-risk kids was this saying. She said, you can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the apples in a seed. Let me illustrate here. Do you know how many seeds the average apple actually has? The average apple actually only has about five seeds. You can count them. It's really easy to count. And look how small they are. I'm at risk of dropping this. You're going to have to zoom in real close. But look, look how small this apple seed is. So tiny. But this seed, if it's planted purposefully, if it's watered well, this seed can generate hundreds, hundreds of apples in its lifetime. Every year, those apple trees at the ranch, they would bloom, they would fruit, and they'd be harvested, all from the power of this one tiny seed. You can't count the apples in a seed. And there is fruit that comes from being in Christian ministry. There's incredible fruit that God wants to grow within us. Towards the end of his ministry on earth, Jesus gave instructions to his followers. He said to them, my command is this, love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus said, show your love by the way that you serve, by the way that you put others ahead of yourselves. And then he continued. He says to his disciples, I chose you. And I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, and fruit that will last. If we're authentically following Jesus, as we love and serve others, Jesus himself tells us we will bear much fruit. As each seed is purposely planted and well watered, if we put into practice Jesus' commands to love and serve each other, we will become faithfully fruitful. One of the ways that you can love and serve one another and produce this kind of fruit in your own life and in the life of other people is by joining a serving team here at Gateway. The Bible tells us that we're all God's handiwork, all created in Christ Jesus to do good works. We've all got a unique set of skills and abilities of interests and passions, and Jesus wants to use them. He wants to deploy them in his church to see good fruit produced. I want to ask you, where will you serve this year? How can you use your gifts to serve him this year? Maybe it's here on a Sunday. You know, you're being part of a roster that serves once every three or four weeks in our welcome team or our cafe team or our worship and production team. Maybe you've got a heart for young people. You heard Ben before and, and you'd love to serve in our kids and our youth ministry areas. I love that these ministries are becoming more and more multi-generational as we see people of all ages 
getting involved in loving and serving the next generation. Or perhaps you've got time during the week to serve in our care ministry, blessing people in our community. You're in our neighbour's ministry, reaching out to refugees and migrants in our community. Or perhaps this is the year that you'll open up your home to host a life group or to open up your heart to join our prayer ministry team. Sometimes I think in a big church, you can come in, you can say, oh, everything's sorted. You don't need me. No one needs me. I think everything's under control here. But that is a lie from the enemy. Jesus has uniquely gifted each and every one of us to contribute in some way to seeing his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven and to bear fruit as we faithfully love and serve one another. Today, I wanna encourage you, take a step and get involved. It's super simple. You might not know exactly where to, to get involved, where you might fit yet, but you just need to be willing. Let us know by again scanning that QR code and clicking next steps, indicating that you'd love to be part of Team Gateway. And our team would love to get in touch with you during the week, help you find your place where you can use your gifts, where you can give back to your community and faithfully produce fruit in others' lives as you serve and love them. So there's these three qualities here and there's one final one that the psalmist writes about. The fourth characteristic that the healthy Christian displays in their life. And perhaps you're here today and you're thinking, hey, Tim, I've heard all of this before. There's nothing new for me in all of this. Commit to church, yep, tick. Get involved in having a devotional life, sure, I'm there. Serving in a team, yep, I'm doing all that sort of stuff. You've told that story before many, many times. Where's the new thing? And maybe, just maybe, God wants to speak to you in these next few minutes. What seems like half a lifetime ago, I embarked on something called a discipleship training school with Youth With A Mission. And DTS is a six-month discipleship and evangelism course, a period of intense training and bold outreach. And it was on one of the, it's one of the most formative experiences I've had in my life. And uh, each week for 12 weeks, we would have different lectures come in and teach us about a characteristic of God, an aspect of Christian living, or about the mandate to go and make disciples of all nations. And one of these lecturers that I had, I, I had a very quick respect for. And at the end of a day of lectures, he challenged us about having a regular devotional life with Jesus to make sure that we were watering our faith daily. And the next morning, he put a bunch of us on the spot. He called a few of us to come up and to share in front of the entire group what God had spoken to us through his word that very morning. Now, fortunately, I had had a devotional time that morning. But I was still very nervous when he called my name and I was to come up in front of everyone and share what God had said. And so he asked me, Tim, what did God say to you this morning? And it was a very timid response. I said, well, I read this scripture this morning, but I'm actually really familiar with it. And I didn't really learn anything new. And I'll never forget his response. He said, God is always speaking. He's always wanting to show us something new. We just have to be open and listening. He almost figuratively jumped down my throat in a really loving way. But he challenged me and said, hey, tomorrow morning, Tim, I'm gonna ask you again. I want you to go on and spend some time with Jesus on that same verse that you read today. 
And I want you to come back with something new that God has spoken to you. It was a pretty big challenge, but he was dead set right. When I listened, when I was open, when I stilled myself and took the time, God did show me something new in that scripture. And I believe he's always wanting to speak something new into our lives. That's why the psalmist talks about the tree in this way. When he says that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. The leaves don't wither or go brown because the healthy Christian is regularly renewed. See, when we follow Jesus, we can't just live on yesterday's revelations. We can't just survive on the victories of yesteryear. The Christian life is not designed to be static or stale, to die off or to decay. And the picture in this psalm is that the Christian life doesn't wither. It doesn't shrivel up. It doesn't become stagnant. See, when we're walking with Jesus, he is regularly renewing us. He teaches us new things. He writes new stories. He gives us new insight. Lamentation says that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Jesus wants to do something new in our life. Are we open and ready for it? I've got a couple of examples here. This, I actually pulled this off the hedge that I mentioned before, and sadly it's already withering, so I've got example B. But I'm not sure if you can see it. There's new shoots right on the edge here. This is the branch I pulled it off, but God is doing something new in this plant. There's new life. There's new, there was new life and new shoots, but now it's dead. This is a better example, one I prepared earlier. Last Friday night, we had our launch night here. We prayed as a church, as a community for the year ahead. And one of the things that we did is that we prayed for the next generation. We found some seeds and we planted them into some soil. And we prayed that God would rise up the next generation. And here he is answering prayers already. This shoot has shot up just in the last few days. God is doing something new here. And he wants to do something new in you. He just doesn't want you to go stale and stagnant. He wants you to be vibrant, alive in Him. I want to encourage us that Jesus is wanting to do something new. We just have to be open. We just have to be listening. We just have to have a heart that is ready and willing to be shaped by Him. Maybe this is the new thing that you need to hear today. You kind of got the rest of things sorted. You're planted, you're watered bearing fruit, but are you open to what Jesus, that new thing that Jesus wants to do? What's your prayer? What's your prayer for the new thing that Jesus wants to do in you? Perhaps you need to take a step out into the unknown about reading scripture with new eyes, opening that book that might be challenging to your thinking or taking a step of faith and being open with your faith in your workplace. Jesus wants to renew you, wants to do something fresh within you. Will you let him? I encourage you to be part 
of Vision Sunday next week, I think it's going to be a really significant time as we open our hearts to say, Jesus, would you do something new in us this year? So this is God's guide to growing great gardens. He calls us to be purposely planted, plugged into community, letting our roots grow deep. He wants us to be well watered, nourished and fed by His Word and His Spirit each and every day. He calls us to faithfully be fruitful, loving and serving one another to see fruit grow in our lives and the lives of others. And lastly, He wants us to not wither, become stunted and stale in our faith. But He wants to be doing new things all the time. We just have to be open and listening for what He wants us to do. Today, I don't know where you are on this journey. Maybe you're just starting out. Maybe you've been here for a while. I don't know where you're at today, but my job is simply to lead you to the point of a decision in your own life. Maybe you need to be purposely planted. You need to say, I'm in. I'm committing to church. I'm going to jump into a life group. Maybe you need to find that new devotional approach. Start reading your Word regularly. Find a Bible reading plan on on the Bible app or something similar. Maybe your decision is to get involved and serve this year. Finally join that team and use the gifts that God has given you. Or perhaps your decision is to pray a prayer that Jesus would do a new thing, would open your heart to do something fresh within you. I can't make that decision for you. The decision that you make is between you and the Holy Spirit. But I'm sure that we've all got a step that we can take as we begin this year together. In a moment, I'm going to invite you to make a decision, to make a commitment, to take a step and then make a stand. See, God wants to do good things. He wants to grow a great garden within you. He wants your life and your faith to be vibrant, to be strong, to be growing like the greenery that we've seen in our world these last few weeks. And the same God that wrote This psalm that the psalmists, the same God that spoke to the psalmist to write this psalm is the same God who is moving amongst us today. There's probably 3,000 years between when that psalm was first written and today. But God still is in the business of growing great gardens. He's calling on us to do this together. So as we close our service today, I want to invite you to respond. The band's going to lead us in a moment in a worship song. And when you're ready, I want to invite you to stand and make a commitment to take a step on your journey. Whatever it is, whatever decision you make, make a decision. And write it down. Put it in the notes on your phone or jot it down in your Bible or tell someone next to you. Ask for prayer if you're in the chat. There's a team that would love to pray with you. Just write down your decision, your commitment this year. God wants to grow great things within you. And He's inviting you to take a step towards Him on this journey today. So let's together sing this song. And once you've decided what step you're going to take, I want to invite you to stand and make that commitment between you and God. And then join in as we worship and sing together. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness and your goodness. Thank you, Jesus, for uh, what you've been challenging with us today. And God, I pray that for every single person that has made a decision, a commitment, that you would help us see it through. Father God, thank you that you are in the business of growing us, your people. Jesus, would you help us to have faith that is alive, that is vibrant, that is bursting at the seams this year. Jesus, we thank you that you are with us. You go before us and you do the growing in us. Holy Spirit, would you move amongst us? Would you move through us? This year we pray in your mighty and powerful name. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us here this morning. I want to encourage you, if you'd like prayer for anything, uh, we're always offering prayer down the service, uh, down the front after the service. We invite you, the prayer team to come. And if you'd like to receive prayer this morning, they would love to pray with you. If you're new here today or have been starting to come to the church recently, head on out to the function room shortly. We're going to have our newcomers lunch. We're going to finish with lunch in the aircon. But I look forward to seeing you back here on Sunday for Vision Sunday as we kick our year off. God bless and have a good one. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. We're a growing family. And if you'd like to discover more about where we meet in all our locations and online, visit gatewaybaptist.com.au.